You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show recording live here in Desert Rock FM studios. You've got myself, Clancy Overall, and Wendell Hussey. How are you, Wendell? Yeah, good. Thanks, Clancy. Getting back into it. A little bit of a slow start to the year, I guess. They do say the news never sleeps, but... It's slept out here for a little while. It's been quiet over the it's Christmas true. break. It's true. It was a much less stressful Christmas, I find. From, that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people, is that we didn't have those borders and mm. didn't have to worry about people fucking giving each other COVID at Christmas, mm. which was certainly the case last year. did have year. to deal with the in-laws, though. That's yeah, yeah. But it was a bit more surgical, it felt. You know, Everyone, after two years of lockdown, that 2022 Christmas, everyone mm. was trying to get together at any cost, and everyone ended up catching COVID if they didn't already have it. This time around, I think it feels a bit smaller, a bit more low-key. I don't know if I believe in this whole burnout thing, but I think everyone, after a year of back at it, where no one said no to anything, mm. everyone was kind of a bit overwhelmed socially. Social battery needed to be recharged, yeah. which is what, which is the point of the Christmas holidays, I guess. Relaxing, it's and it's hard to relax with 40 uh, relatives on top of you. But it was almost nice. It was nice to have Arnie Jackie back at it again, you know, all back that out, sort of back stuff. Back out. Back, back out, back at it, um, stirring up trouble on Christmas Day. So, Absolutely. Um, you missed it. Speaking of stirring up trouble, today's guest is a pioneer of that. He's a, uh, I've got all kinds of words to describe him. He's a, he's a media identity. He's a rap aficionado, rapper, almost heading towards rap stalwart now, wouldn't you reckon? Yeah, young uncle. Young uncle, yeah. He's an emerging <laughs> elder. <laughs> <laughs> um, fee's gone up yeah, Fee's <laughs> gone up And he's in events And he's, he's uh, I guess A fixer uh, Black Godfather I don't know There's all kinds mm. of titles For today's <laughs> guests Thank you for joining us Nookie Hey cheers for having me Now Nook We've uh, met each other Over the years At an assortment of events And and uh, benders and whatever rallies, um, <laughs> and I've always, I've always really appreciated your stuff as an artist, but also you know as, as a as a community figure, as a community organizer. And right now is always, I mean, this year is going to be a difficult year for Aboriginal people in this country because their entire history and existence is going to be put under the, you know, put through a blender by the newspapers, and we start talking about the Indigenous voice and. And all that kind of stuff. It's going to be. I reckon it'll probably get a bit of culture wars about it. It's already happening now. It's already happening. The yeah, culture and wars. we've seen it with that. Uh, we saw it with the plebiscite, where mm. you know every kind of uh, gay man and the woman in the country were forced to justify their existence. The same thing's going to happen to the Aboriginal people, and that's not a first because you've obviously been doing it ever since the first boat arrived. And not only this year, but also this particular time of the year, when we start heading towards January 26th, the lamb ad's already out, you mm. know. Is it? I yeah. this one. <laughs> you, missed, you missed the lamb ad. Well, that's also, that, that's basically when this fucking debate kicks off, you know. And as we've seen over the last 10 years, the, the idea of um, January 26th being treated as more of a day of uh, commemoration as opposed to a day of celebration some people don't even want to acknowledge it and there's still a few people down there in the shire that want to wear a flag over their shoulders <laughs> we see a lot of flags on january 26 but we're talking about this Australian flag <laughs> in this circumstance someone who'll be wearing the aboriginal flag over the shoulders is you yeah can you just tell us and uh you know we won't have to touch on it for too long but where were you when you started thinking about this thing called australia day uh, yeah i think going back my earliest memories would be like 
12 or 13 is yep. when I really grasped what, yep. it, what it was. But um, for me, right, my old man is a bit of a big old bastard. Yeah. He's, yeah, you know, <laughs> 6'2", something like that, mm-hmm. a couple of kilos, like yep. old footy player, like his old weapon, right? Country it, rugby league. Yeah, yeah, South Coast. Yeah, um, I've seen the jersey. Yeah, yeah, Bombardieri Swamp Rats. And, CRL. Oh, no, actually, I, I'd, I'd get crucified for that. He was a Nara warrior. He, <laughs> Nara he stayed warrior. on our side of the bridge. That's Is right. he one of those guys that's got, like, obviously a few extra kilos or whatever, but still, like, looks hard? Like, you wouldn't run at him? Yeah, but, like, he, he was He does even, look cuddly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he was... um. So, like, yeah, he worked his way up the ranks, started at fullback, and then from there went to playmaker, then prop, finished at prop. But that that <laughs> is the perfect transition, yeah. just moving closer and closer and yeah. closer until you finish up getting, in the middle. Getting yeah. slower. Yeah, getting, yeah. Slower. <laughs> yeah, getting <laughs> slower. He's, um, you know, one of those old tricky black fellas. Like, even, you know, he might have been 110 kilos, but his, his ball skills were hectic, yeah. you know? so Still throwing a dummy yeah. in the middle. It's just maybe chip no one's chase. behind it's at that time. Prop doing a chip and chase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was I mad. love it. Yeah, they got, a, um, they, got, they got a good 20 metres in them, good yeah. 10 metres. That's it. For one acceleration, burst. the acceleration off the mark. Like the, the later years in his career, like you'd see him just go one mad burst and then hand up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> take, a, take a knee, I'm hurt. Um, but yeah, like even even when he was a little fella, like people would you know step out of the way and you'd ask you know all the accounts I got you know kind of growing up, everyone talking about the old man, like fuck, he was the only person that hurt you when you know. He'd run at you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And that's back when he was, you know, number one. Yeah. By the time he got the number eight, he's putting them to sleep every <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd be at school, the boys would rock up like, fuck, you should have seen your old man on the weekend. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, you know, by the time I was, you know, a teenager, he was, he was, that's when he was a big boy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so my first memories of Australia Day, like, my old man be putting the curry flag up on the house and just sitting on our steps with his shirt off, just yep. like just sitting there like yep. this on guard. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd be in there watching TV, watching cartoons, or playing the PlayStation and that. And then I just hear bimps every couple, yep. every couple of minutes, and I was like, "What's going on?" And Mum's like, "Oh, Dad's out the front there with his with the flag and that." Mm. I never really knew what it was, and then I asked, her, "What are you doing?" He goes, I'm fucking letting these cunts know who's landed this. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so what? What? He goes, oh, you know, this, this is survival day, and he kind of they broke it down to me. And then so you're uh, very much in a survival day family. Not a you're not you know. There's different ways of looking at it. As I said before, there's invasion day, day of solemn kind of commemoration, and then there's a day of survival. Yeah, yeah. So it was a mix. It was mm-hmm. a mix of invasion day and survival day. But yeah, that was the first memories. And then from that, my mum took me to Redfern. And uh, I was went to one of the Survival Day concerts with yeah. uh, YRMC was performing, and then again that was kind of like first time seeing black rap. Yeah. Um, so I went from you know old man out the front staunching mm-hmm. the drivers going past <laughs> to uh, yeah. Survival Day Redfern. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I guess around that time, I mean, given your age, you know, you're square in the millennials. I guess you'd say it actually this idea of Australia Day ramped up in your lifetime. You yeah, know, it wasn't actually ever meant to be a big thing i guess it was the cronulla riots era when they started politicizing it in a different way which was to you know basically forcing people to have barbecues and telling them that this is what you do before that it was day off really Mm. in in the eyes of most of most of the nation and then of course the aboriginal community kind of came to the challenge and and, you know and, and, and kind of delivered a louder voice over it and, and that you know that's obviously been hard work but as we see every year the rally gets bigger and bigger I mean it was one year it was 20 30,000 people down there even in, in Melbourne which you know I guess is historically um, 
Fitzroy and that is mm. pretty similar to a Redfern, but you know, that's happening in Melbourne. Brisbane always goes off mm. too, actually. They get the motorbikes at the front of yeah. the rally in Brisbane. <laughs> the MOB. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Murray original bike riders. And so when when did it kind of occur to you that you were gonna do music? Like you said, you saw them down there in Redfern, some of the early kind of rap. You mm. sure Shakaya was there? Yeah, oh man, first time I seen Shakaya was at uh Westfield, Wollongong, yeah, like in Westfield. the in the uh, the little uh, the arcade bit there, you know what I mean? Like you could walk through that. There's a little concrete sort of stage. Okay, was on it, handing out posters and shit. Stop yeah. calling me, calling <laughs> that was me. It. That was mad. Yeah, yeah. So the music thing. So yeah, the first you know first sort of guys I seen doing it were YRMC and uh, Southwest Syndicate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had a big cousin from Queanbeyan. Later moved up to uh, Newcastle. Ryan Selway was his name, and uh, so he was like the big cousin in the city, you know, the the cool cousin that you wanted to be like. I'd, trust me, like everything he done, I'd do. Yeah. Like there was certain cousins like I idolised, and I, I copied him. I had a one cousin went to the school disco, smashed the window. So my next school disco made it my mission <laughs> to smash the window. Yeah, done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just a real influence. Yeah. In your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, my cousin Ryan, one of the most gifted. Fellas I've come across, and you know, to the, to this day, like I put him up, one of the best rappers I've, I've ever seen. But mm-hmm. you know, standard black fellas rap, rap in the shed, all the talent in the world, but yeah. you know, just didn't really get out there with it. So I started rapping just because because he did. Yeah. He was doing it, and I you know thought it was mad. So I started doing it, just just copying him. How old were you then? Like you, twelve, thirteen, yeah, or younger? Around, around that again, yeah, yeah, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, you know, started doing it a bit more seriously in uh, around 16 mm-hmm. but yeah that's how i got into it just just because he done it so i done it and um yeah like the first kind of you know interaction with it like um he come down home and he had his little laptop and a bunch of programs on there and you know one holidays he uh he made a bunch of beats and he put them on a cd for me and like he left left them with me and um I used to listen to them all the time, not even rapping, just just listen to them. So I'd you know put them in my little discman, and when I'd fuck off to school, I'd be listening to that on the way in. And you know, school school was hard for me. I like I was one of those kids that's super disengaged. Like it wasn't wasn't my spot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there's lots of racism at the school. So you know, it's down narrow, narrow. Yeah. So I was you know extremely disengaged. You know, had problems with my emotions. I was angry a lot of the time fighting arguing wagging mm-hmm. you know all the standard shit yeah, yeah. so yeah one day i was uh you know i was sitting in a class and i remember this one like pretty pretty vividly the uh teacher was talking about stolen generation and um you know the teacher said some shit along the lines of you know it was, it was never from a bad place a stolen generation was meant to help the well-being of indigenous people as soon as i heard that fuck this boom stood yeah. up started walking home yeah so started walking home and uh you know the standard i had the cd in my bag and um as i was walking narrow was a little town so like you notice new shit there was like a, a building there just open freshly painted wasn't even open and there was um so i just i walked in there you know a little inquisitive black fella standard little country boy walking around just asking questions <laughs> what, and what's uh, going on yeah that's exactly it i was walking in and said hey what's this that's you know something along those lines and they're like, oh, this is a youth center. This is where youth can come in and hang out. So, oh, so I can hang out here. And they're like, yeah, you can hang out here. Mad. Thought I could hang out there and then on the spot. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, no, nah, not now. We're not open. We're not open, but we're about to open. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. And then they said, um, 
we actually we have a music studio downstairs if you want to have a look i said yeah fucking hope well, i'll have a look went downstairs and um you know there was a guy sitting there had a microphone and a computer and stuff and um you know he asked me on the spot he goes oh look you, you know since you're here do you want to record a song i said oh yeah mad so i had the cd in my bag chucked it in started rapping all i said was fuck this and that person's a cunt <laughs> and um but after i finished like all the anger I was just feeling from school was yeah. like like I put it into the microphone, you know. What a whirlwind so, afternoon! <laughs> <laughs> so I went, <laughs> yeah, went back home and yeah had had the song on me, mm. listened to it, but like I was pretty much back at the youth center every day, tormenting the old yeah. mate downstairs to yeah. record me and that. <laughs> some, some nerdy little youth work on oh. the computer. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, that would have been a good little fucking buddy comedy there, yeah. I reckon. Oh, bros, you could, yeah, yeah, you could make a mad little TV series about the youth center and what we got up to. Um, and then, yeah, you know, fast forward a, a couple of years from there, rapping's uh, what got me kicked out of school. So I... Um, get the year 12 right and i would have been the first in my family to to do year 12 yeah so it was a thing mm-hmm. so i got the year 12 and like mad i'm here and then it comes time to to do me hsc right and uh you know i tried to do back then i tried to do a big cultural event back on the south coast mixing music dance all sorts of things so it's always been you know within the vision but you know I was only in year 12, like I didn't really have the runs on the board, I had no fucking runs, yeah. wasn't even on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the school wasn't really getting behind that. So I thought, oh, fuck it, I'm going to do a little uh, little CD, a little mixtape, hand that in. Mm. There was a song on there called Subliminal Twist, just all the teachers in there. Oh, right. Yeah. Just taking the piss Yeah, yeah. In so, the song. In the song. So there was uh, like a, a price. Is this the price of education, heartaches, racism, indiscrimination? There was a hunt. You, you know what I run that one with. Yeah. Like black fella on the hunt. Sick of being caught a little black. Yeah. That one. And then there's a teacher named Nanos. I was like, fuck me. What runs with Nanos? Oh, you can't catch me. I'm quicker than a nanosecond. Boom. Yeah. Got them all in there. Yeah, yeah. Hand that in. Yeah, you know, standard day at Nara High. Corey Webster to the principal's <laughs> office. Go down there. There's my little uh, CD sitting on his desk. He looks at me. He goes, "Refuse to mark this. You sign yourself out now, or we're kicking you out. Give me the papers." Uh, yeah, and that was uh, that, that was, was it. That, that was, was the end of school. It. Yeah. <laughs> Did any teacher say anything to you about it? Like, was anyone? Nah, like, no. Nah, I never got to see the teachers again from that moment. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, pretty much. A, yeah. You're gone. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's an incredible way to get kicked out of school. It's like I don't think anyone's ever put that much work into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking, it would have made an impression too. Yeah. You know the fuck thing was it was like three months ago I would have been fucking finished. Yeah, could have yeah. let me finish. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would have been the first. Could have let me go, but nah, done. So. And so was that the job from there on out, or did you yep. did you find work, or had you? That was it. That was actually like from there, I went and done CDP for a couple of months at the youth center. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the CDP days, you can you know do your little your little job. You even mowing grass or finding yep. something. So went and worked at the youth center for a little bit, but it was pretty much that day. Went home, told mum and dad, say, look, uh, <laughs> kicked out of school, I'm off. And then from there, you know come to come to sydney not too long after and i was knocking around redfern community center a lot recording there mm-hmm. and that's just that's how i got into it and then tell me how did it because you know all of a sudden it goes from youth centers mm. and um i guess what they call bedroom rapping yeah to 
bad apples. Yeah. So what happened there? Yeah. So man, this is like again like a bit of a long long yarn, but so from going to the to the youth center and stuff, the community center, like back when you were saying, you know, it was the heart of Indigenous Sydney. So yeah, yeah. So it was it was a thing for people to come visit. Like Snoop Dogg rocked up that one time. You know, people would just All come. the old uncles on the block remember when Michael Jackson came oh, through. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I think Ali knocked up, rocked up one time. Like, you know, it's just a spot they'd go to. <laughs> Tom <But> Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is back when, you you know, you couldn't get taxis there. Like, trying yeah. to get a taxi to Redfern back in the days, like, it wasn't happening. Blacklisted. Yeah, yeah. bro. So, like, these, I remember this one time in particular, like, Black Eyed Peas rocked up, right? Surprise visit. And as they come in, they're like, couldn't get anyone to drive us. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nah, that's the thing. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they rock up. Taboo came through uh, from the Black Eyed Peas and we had a little uh, like freestyle session at the centre there. And um, a couple of the like the Black Eyed Peas executive producers were there and stuff. And um, a bloke by the name of Russell James, pretty prolific uh, photographer. He was like Victoria's Secret's like, main, main dude yeah, for right. a minute. They were working on a project and they come through, you know, showed us what they were working on and stuff. We had a little freestyle session and then just as I was leaving, again, like that little, you know, that little black fellow, like the, you know, I stopped him at the door. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I said, I just said, oh, thanks for, you know, coming down and, and hanging out. And they said, oh, like, we liked what you've done before. Like, do you want to go have a little private one? I said, yeah, oh, yeah, fucking know. So we went, went back and had another little session, just, just me and them. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they said, oh, look, we really, really like what you do. How do you feel about coming there later to record a song? And I was like, fucking no way. Legit. I just got kicked out of school like a few months before this, right? Mm. So fresh out of Nara. Oh, right. You just moved straight there. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Fresh out, man. Like maybe it would have been a year at most. Yeah. And um, so I think I was 17 when this happened. Did uh, you know going in there, like, this is it? This is the shot? Nah, nah. I was just like, again, just that, that little little cheeky black fella, inquisitive, yeah. but like... I'll give it a go. A bit confident, yeah. you know? Mm. I, I did, although I did understand, the, like, the importance of, you know, opportunities and making the most of it when they kind of arise. Like, I could have let the guys just walk out and nothing would have happened. But, mm. you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't just for that. It was genuine. Like, I just wanted to say thanks, but I did have a little bit of an understanding where it was mm. like, maybe... You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, surely it did, did work out. Asked me if I wanted to fly to LA, do a song. So, you know, I said, yeah, mad. But, you know, didn't know if it would happen or not. And in between, you know, flying to LA and doing a song, I moved back down the coast. I was living at Shell Harbour at um, Flinders, Flinders Estate. It's a little spot down there, lots of mob there. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember oh, I ordered some, uh, some pizza and that. And uh, so, so they're on a different time. So it was like, I don't know, it was yeah, eight or nine o'clock or something. It was night time for us. Mm. Get a call from a private number. I think it's the pizza. So yeah, mad. Answer this uh, <laughs> thing. And so, oh, Corey, mate, it's, uh, it's Russell. I need you to sit in the airport in two days. I'm like, oh, shit, mad. <laughs> Anyways, I fucking, yeah. They ring up. said they booked my flight and stuff. Yeah, went to Sydney again, jumped on the flight. And yeah, went to... Went to LA, recorded the song with with Taboo. Um, pulled up, man. Had the full full service. I had, like the Escalade waiting for me. Wow. Little sign with my the name. Candy lack. Yeah, <laughs> bros. And then they they took me to this joint. And back then, I didn't know what this thing was. Mm. Right. I was staying at the W Hotel. Ooh. Pull up. 
they leave a credit card down for me. They say, you can buy whatever you want, just don't buy a car. Bros. All I did was buy DVDs and lobster for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> lobster for breakfast was mad and ordering all the mad movies, all the rock movies. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. rock was just doing all the acting shit, so I was getting everything the rock was in. Got that. Um, was it so fucking, someone must have bought a car yeah, at some yeah. point. That's the thing you yeah. can't do. The fact that they had to say don't, <laughs> don't buy, buy a car, car means it's happened before. Yeah, yeah. So and then so we, we do that, right? Thought I was about to be famous. Thought I was about to be the first kid, Leroy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I made it. Mm-hmm. Mad. Uh, and yeah, come back to Sydney, straight back to Santa Link and that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and did, then, you get a, did you get a cut of the song? Nah, well, see, here's the thing. The song had a soft launch yeah. over there, but never really came out. Over, over, like, officially came out. But it did. I remember there were some write-ups on it. Like, we did hit a list of, like songs like top songs to you know come out around this time bros i was on the on the list there with kanye i don't know if i can is kanye still right to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is kanye this is mate this is <laughs> fucking college dropout here <laughs> so i was on there i remember being on there there's a thing on like hip-hop dx it was like uh me and taboo kanye and little wayne all on the list yeah, like dude. top five of the things right yeah. so yeah that happened Obviously, from doing that, had a little bit of a buzz. Things were starting, you know, my name was starting to get out there. I was starting to do songs and, and shows and stuff. And um, like uh, a bloke I'd met around these ways, Frank Trotman, used to work at Music New South Wales. And like he kind of caught wind of the story just from being around Redfern ways and that hit me up. And, you know, I was a little, I was a kid, didn't know how things worked. I was like, fuck, bro, you want to be my manager? Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, so he managed me for ages, and he was good mates with, with Briggs. Mm-hmm. So I was doing my thing for a few months, right? And then, you know, standard small town shit, people talking shit on Facebook. One lad, he gets on there, reckons he wrote my stuff. Oh, right. And bros, I was fuming. <laughs> I was fucking fuming. I rang up the cousins down home, coming back, rang me manager, going off my head, I'm fucking going to get on the train now. I'm going down there. And he goes, nah, don't do that. Don't, you know what I mean? He's like, nah, fuck that. I'm getting on the train now. I'm going to go see this cunt. <laughs> and then, and then, he's been telling everyone he wrote. He's been telling everyone he's the real nookie. Yeah, yeah. And then so anyways, he goes, nah, nah, cool it, cool it, cool it. And then so he reached out to Briggs. And then Briggs gives me a call. And he goes, hey. So Briggs has already got a couple albums out by this point. Homemade Bonds was out. Yep. I think Blacklist was, it either just dropped or yep. was about to. Yeah, right. And then... Um, so he's still very much Hilltop Hoods yeah, era Briggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah bros. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The fucking... The wrong brother. Yeah, yeah. You um, got the wrong brother. The, all of that. All that stuff, man. The Yeah, bros. Some of the... So what am the, I supposed of, to tell the kids when I can't tell you what fucking day of the week it is? Yeah. Everyone's, bros. I, yeah. I love that shit, bros. Big fan of him. Yeah. Massive was, and fan. He, and he kind of... You know, I mean, he wasn't... He definitely wasn't the first Koori rapper, but... I guess he was the first one doing features with with stadium rappers yeah. like Hilltop Hoods, and he had video clips and stuff like that. So, and you know, he wasn't the first, but he was the first to do it in the way that he did. Yeah. Like, no one has ever done it besides, mm-hmm. I'd say, Last Connection. Yeah, Street Warriors had a mad run. Local Knowledge, mad. Last Connection done their thing. You know, they were around with Elephant Tracks and that, making a bit of a name. But Briggs, it was something else. Yeah, like the energy, like the, the music, the mm. statements, like the the force. Like it was, he was undeniable. So man. At, at this point, your, your average Australian hip hop fan has eyes on him. Yeah, but as a young black kid, he's more than anything. Yeah. He's god. Yeah, yeah. He, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He, he was god level. Yeah, 
and they get a call from Briggs. Telling you to calm down? Yes. <laughs> he goes, yes, fuck that shit. You're not going to get, this is exactly what he said to me. He goes, fuck that shit. You're not going to get anywhere punching down. You got to punch above your weight. And I was, one of the one of the only people that ever walked talked me off a ledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was adamant about to go. Mm-hmm. I was going to go down and punch a cunt out of him. Yeah. That, I was set. It was yeah. happening. Briggs got me off yeah. it. Like, <laughs> and that's all he said. He goes, fuck that shit. Don't punch down, punch above your yeah, weight. Right. And that was enough. That was enough. And then so that was my first first connection with, with Briggs. And, you know, a few few years later than that. Well, he drops ship life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bad Apples. Yeah. Boom. Bad Apples is also one of those songs where kind of, you know, there's a before and after for bad apples. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What does he say? You call him good for nothing, I call, I call him cousin. cousin. Yeah. That, that shit hit me, man. Bad yeah. apples still to this day is something, one of my favourite songs, something I resonate with because I was that kid, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Got called a bad apple, got kicked out of school, all mm-hmm. of that stuff, but exactly that. I heard that song, mm-hmm. I felt hope, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Still to this day, like, I fucking love that song, love Briggs, love the bad apples, family. Then you start touring with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, that that was mad. Touring with Briggsy, like, I fucking learn a lot. Super appreciative of, you know, the stuff I got to see and the stuff I got to do. It really helped me with, with my stage craft and just, just being around him. Like, you know, you get so many gems from being with the lad. But even that, man, like, a couple of shows, I was in a bit of a bad place and I probably, you know, done some shit. Shouldn't have done some, you know carried on a bit too much yep. but um you know you live and you learn and life on the road yeah yeah but being with him man like actually being his hype man for a good couple of years was yep. yeah it was it helped me a lot and i remember when i got that text he goes just a text message out of the blue ready to be my hype man or what <laughs> fucking no <laughs> let's go yeah and it's interesting at the start of this interview i kind of introduced you as a stalwart and you know obviously now somewhat of a pioneer I want to talk about the role you played and, you know, no, everyone likes to take credit for mm. when something happens and something as big as what I'm about to talk about happens, everyone knows where they were, where they met and where they did and that. But you, I, I was there when you brought out this bucktooth little kid from the fucking Housos of Waterloo. <laughs> I was in the crowd when you brought this little kid out wearing all Rabbitohs kit, the kid yeah. Leroy, before yeah, yeah. anyone knew anything before he probably even had a social media presence or anything like that i, I do remember yeah, it. so yeah. i'm gonna bring it yeah. we've snuck him into the club tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, tell me about the role you played there because it's an undeniable role there'll be a lot of people saying that they they helped the kid Leroy become one of the biggest stars in the world but i mean i saw it with my eyes you did yeah yeah well man like i can't take credit for for charlton bros like he had all the fucking talent and drive in the world like that was the crazy thing about about Leroy man like not only did he have the drive and ambition but he had the talent to back it up and yeah. like he would he wouldn't take no for an answer like seen him get into scenarios and places where like a 14 year old shouldn't be in there like what is the yarn I heard where there was someone was it Juice World or there was an American artist mm. in town and he was having an after party and the kid Leroy managed to get in there with a USB. Oh, that's probably happened more than once. I'm sure that happened with with, with Juice and um, man, all sorts of funny stories, man. Like there's a little peep yarn, right? So little peep's videographer was out out here for a show. So at his peak, like American yeah, rappers yeah, out here, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, 
So you knew one of the like one of the boys, JD. Like used to when people would come over Sydney and shit. Like used to used to just take them around. So JD had a little party at a house. So at this house was JD, like IE, the singer, right? That's JD. Travi P was there. Solo was there, and it was just like a house where everyone would just just make music. This video dude comes out. They show him some of Leroy's stuff. They send it to Lil Peep. Lil Peep's like, fuck, this is mad. Inboxes Leroy straight away, boom. Mm. He ended up at the hotel room with um, Sway Lee at yeah. one point. The one thing I couldn't sneak him into, but it didn't matter anyway because he ended up linking with him a few days after was Hidden Festival, the one that uh, Adam22 was kind of yeah, hosting yeah. or whatever. The, um, the YouTuber. Yeah. yeah the hip-hop YouTuber, yeah. That's the only thing I couldn't oh, get. Oh, he ended up giving him a, a tour of the houses. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, so yeah, like on Leroy, YouTube. Leroy was at the, at the fence, at the gate. He's like, Unk, can you get me in? Unk, can you get me in? I was like, I'm going to try, bro. I'm going to try. But that's not, the security was tight as fuck. They weren't, it wasn't happening. But he ended up linking with him a few days after anyway. So it was all, all good. But yeah, man, like I met met Leroy through Rick, who manages 1-4 and Becca Hatch there. So uh, Rick was kind of around him. And like he knew, Rick knew the importance of having your people around you. So he hit me up one day. He goes, oh, I've been working with this uh, indigenous kid from around the ways. Why don't you come through and just kick it with him? I said, yes, sweet, bro. Bring him to the studio one time. Uh, so I had a session at the studio. It was me, Solo, Wilster. And, um, yeah, Rick Rick bring Leroy through. And, I was like, and um, you know, he come through. Oh, Nook's mad. What's doing, bro? Like, you know what I mean? Blackfellas, we all, you know, we know each other. It was like when Briggs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd be doing, I've been doing my thing by this point. So Leroy kind of you knew who I was and shit. Came through and said, oh, show us what you got, young fella. Jumped on the mic. Fuck. Mm-hmm. I said to Rick, bro, this is the one, eh? Yeah. Like, like proper. It was like some Neo in the Matrix shit, you yeah. know? Like, it was the fucking, the, the, the one. Yeah, <laughs> it was the one. You could tell. It was just, just something else. Mm. And then, um, yeah, you know, like, I used to go see him and his little brother, Oz down around Redfern and that, I'll be giving them $20, buy them feeds and shit like that. Just, you know, big family shit, just I remember looking we after it. Um, I was with you, I'd come down to Sydney for the Wu-Tang. Yeah. And I think you, you maybe you or Briggs sorted the tickets and then he was he was sitting between us and he was so young, he wasn't even looking at the Wu-Tang player. <laughs> he was on Snapchat the whole time. <laughs> a 14-year-old kid, I was like, do you maybe want to watch this song? Like, this is called Cream. I think it's like a... a, 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 a He's know, just not interested yeah. in the no, old man. He, he was interested, but he was taking it in in a different way. He wasn't there to watch like us old fucking codgers were just watching <laughs> these rappers we grew up with. He was like, yeah, that's cool. He'll look up when he's interested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Funny story with that one too. Is- I grabbed him, picked him up after school to take him to that, right? He left his bag, like stashed his bag at my house. Never came back and got it. It wasn't too long after that where he, he took off. Really? The like, bag's still there. <laughs> bag's still there. You've been in LA for four yeah. years. <laughs> um, so, yeah, hanging around him. And then that, that one, the, the block party I threw down at the Lansdowne. Kobe was there. That was like an early Kobe performance mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Becca Hatch was there. He hit me up. He goes, Hunk. Can I play? I was not going to say no to the kid. Fucking no. So we snuck him in and, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. And I remember Instagram was a big thing for him at the moment. So when I bring him out, like part of the thing was I stopped the crowd. I say, look, going to bring, you know, snuck this, you know, stuck this kid in. I need everyone to get your phones out. 
follow the kid Leroy on Instagram. Trust me, you're gonna thank me for it later. <laughs> Fucking sure enough, boom. <laughs> you know, they got in early. This is, I think he went from 20 followers to 200. He was cheering yeah, through yeah. the roof. He was like, "Fuck yeah, 200 20 followers." 200. <laughs> He'd be on 200 million now. Yeah. All those people too would have been like, "I was the 50th follower of the yeah, year." Right. He's my mate. He's uh, my mate. And then you know the mad thing to see though is uh. When Leroy came back for the tour, he could have put fucking anyone on stage. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were expecting him to put on, like, a big act. Mm. He went and grabbed Arthur. He went and grabbed Little Art. So, again, is Leroy early stages. Just a little little lad from around the ways. Really? Fuck all songs out. But Leroy put him on, bro. Yeah, so really? It was mad. Yeah. It was mad. Like, he would have had the time of his life, like, private jet flying around Australia doing shows oh, right. so, just, so he basically did the he did the Lansdowne yeah what you did for him at the Lansdowne <laughs> he did it for this kid in, in yeah. Kudos Arena <laughs> yeah bros. so like that was mad to see yeah. him do that like mm. and to go back to um, oh, what's the name of the spot bros? You said another one of the youth centres around there give him a hundred grand like oh yeah 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 of uh, the factory the factory down there in Redfern yeah. yeah so to see him do that man it's fucking mad yeah yeah, yeah. Where, where he used to go after school yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah all the uh, all the love and respect in the world for him like and man we'd be going to the towers I remember we went um, went kicked back with um <laughs> one of my uncles he's passed away now too he's like just recently gone like he was like the big song man for. For down the coast yeah right he had a spot in the towers there Waterloo. Like, yeah, yeah. Fern, yeah yeah so we went there one time with Leroy and yeah he actually like he knew he knew his son so it was a spin out bros <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. old uncles too like yeah so, oh yeah yeah you know my young fella he goes at the factory there <laughs> yeah and uh, I think he's, he's, he stuck up for Leroy one time like, all right. <laughs> this lad like there was some drama bros and like little cuzzo sort of it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, you obviously on the road, you know, you, you sacrifice a lot. I guess I'm sure the the kid Laura is a perfect example of that he wouldn't he'd be living out of a briefcase for three years now, and you know you can't feel sorry for someone in that position because they're living the dream. But you, you, you know, on every level, whether it's um, you know, I mean, you've got nonstop gigs around Nadoc, and we're, we're about pay to week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're also about to talk about you know the event you've got coming up this week. Mm. But I've got a bone to pick with you, Nookie. As a proud young black man, how dare you miss the first ever Koori knockout in your hometown? Oh, brother, you had to bring that one up. <laughs> Fuck it, how do you even know that? I was, I was wondering. I was, I was watching it. I was I spent the whole weekend watching it on NITV. I said, surely Nookie's going to do like a pop-up yeah. gig here at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Look. So we'll tell the yard. The black cockatoos... Win their first ever mm. Koori knockout. That means you get to host the next year. Pandemic hits. There's no Koori knockout for two years. They finally get the chance to host. From now, there's two people that are famous. There's Nookie, the man we're interviewing today, and there's Andrew Walker. <laughs> I'm sure Andrew Walker was there. Oh, brother. I'm sure he had a run. Out. Yeah, I said he would have had a jersey on. It might have been with the Black Cockatoos. <laughs> what happened to you? Right, so these were fucked up. Like, you know, self-managed at this point and that like double booking ain't the issue with me it's fucking triple booking yeah right you know what I mean <laughs> so I had this uh, treaty day out gig booked a long long time ago and my, my dates my dates are fucked up I thought the, the long weekend October was in my head it was the week after yeah 
So I was like, when the Treaty Day Out mob hit me up, and this was well within a year advance, they hit me up. Yeah, I said, lock it in, boom, done. Sweet. Because I thought, you know, the long weekend was the week after. And then, um, yeah, when me uh, cousin there, he runs the Black Cockatoos, Wello rings up. Yeah, yeah, can we, we're locking in, eh, for this after party. You can headline it. He goes, cuz, I've had four different cunts come down here and drop your name. And I'll tell them all, you know he's my cousin, right? I can just ring him direct. And two of these people I've never heard of before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was telling me the names. I'm like, cuz, I've never heard of them in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone down there trying to, you know. So, yeah, he, I said, yeah, bro, just, you know, anything for down home. Let's do it. And then when I see the dates were the same day, I'm like, ah, fuck. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. And then the thing is with these uh, Victorian mob, they paid half up front too, so I already had half. <laughs> 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 and then I would have felt terrible doing that. Leaving them. them in the lurch. Yeah, and then, so in my head, I'm trying to work it out. I'm like, oh, Lord, fucking. I was playing a primo spot too, a fucking close. I closed this festival. Like I asked him, I said, hey, can you ask one of the earlier guys if they want to swap? <laughs> I'll play first <laughs> so I can try and get back. <laughs> From Melbourne to Nowra? Yeah. How would you do that? Oh, Wollongong Airport? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But it just wasn't happening, so I fucking, oh, yeah, missed it. <laughs> it would have been one of those ones as well where like someone calls in sick to work and then they're just spotted on yeah, telly at no. the sport. Well, like they're just watching the knockout and like, wait. Yeah, yeah, and I would have felt like, and these, these Treaty Victorian mob, they're, they're sick too. Like yeah. they're, they're mad, so I would have, like, I would have felt terrible yeah, if I'd yeah. done that one to them <laughs> yeah. too. Like, like, I ain't going to lie. Fought crossed my mind. Yeah, yeah, just flaking. The fort did cross my mind. And the airports were fucked at, at this moment as well. Yeah, Remember when the yeah. big drama's at the yeah, airport? Yeah. So there was a chance I wasn't going anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I rocked up because yeah. I, I missed, I was supposed to go to Melbourne like a week before that for a gig. Wasn't happening because of the airport like, drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a chance I wasn't going. So I rocked up and I thought, look, you know, if the airport's fucked and the flight's cancelled, I'll just go to Nowra. Mm. And I won't feel bad because it's, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So then, and then that one I felt you honoured. You honoured the first. The yeah. First, the first booking. Yeah. Yeah. And like, um, you know, I kind of rang the boys and said, "Look, I can't make it, but fuck, I'll sling you some bucks. Go get a VIP booth on me and that." So yeah. 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 Try. Oh, to- they'll win again. You'll get your shot again. Yeah. And it was mad to see him win because, bro, they came close like the yeah. previous two, three years, mm. real close. So to see him actually take it out. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think ESPN need to get down there and put cameras on the Curry knockout. It's one of the most intense sporting kind oh, of exhibitions you'll ever watch. Bros, like, should be like a, a no limit boxing knockout of yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. just punch ons on the field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Rose boys got into a bit oh, of a bit of a barney. Oh, I notice. think it was with the with the lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just, <laughs> the first game. <laughs> everyone was accusing them of buying yeah. Latrell, and they said they said he's chosen to play for us. Oh, bros, I wasn't even like <laughs> mad at Latrell. It was fucking Benny Barber. He's in the cunt. <laughs> Didn't that come from Darwin? (laughs) I remember Matty Rose a couple of years ago taking someone's head off yeah. and the ref was like mate like, you gotta go for 10 and, and that's like, rare to get sent off in the Koori Knight yeah, they, yeah. they certainly have a bit more elasticity with the rules bigger hits um, yeah. but you know you missed, you missed the knockout down home but you're gonna yeah. make it up to them this week yeah yeah tell us the event yes what, what's happening Black Power House Black Power House yes January 26th we're doing a full venue takeover of the, the Powerhouse Museum from mm-hmm. the outside of the building to Every single level on the inside, every corner of that, we got covered. So the old powerhouse where, you know, anyone from New South Wales would have been on a school excursion there. Yeah. 
It's yeah. a, they got the science centres and they mm. got all that kind of stuff. They got the rail museum. It's a massive space. Yeah, next to Darling Harbour, there isn't it? Next mm. to Darling Harbour, yeah. yeah, right down there near the casino. They've given you it. Yeah, you've booked it out. Booked it out. It was um, man, it was it was funny how it all kind of came about. So I started this thing last year. We are Warriors is like a you know purpose driven business about you know kind of highlighting indigenous success stories and you know just doing doing cool shit just your youth center kind of history right yeah yeah Yeah. so like from day one starting music i've always wanted to do this like i wanted to take that youth center you know give it some some anavar or something like just youth center on steroids is what i wanted to do from day one i knew music was the vehicle to get to that Mm -hmm. so for me it was always about leaving now and and coming coming back to doing something like that right so covid hit and uh, I wanted to, to, you know, to do something. It actually all kind of started around like the, the Black Lives Matter thing. Mm. We were at the march and shit mm. together. Mm. Like a, a mate of mine hit me up to have a little bit of a yarn. We had a yarn. He said, you know, well, what could we do? I said, oh, bros, you know, for me, it's not like a, you know, it's kind of, it's a trending topic at the moment, bro, but it, it ain't new. And it's fucking, you know what I mean? Like if mm. we really, if you want to do something, bro, it's going to take some time. And I told him my idea of, you know, starting like a youth centre on steroids. And, you know, this is peak COVID, so getting a, getting a building and yeah. opening a youth centre wasn't going to happen. So we, we took it online and um, kind of launched there. Seven months in, a kind of opportunity popped up with City of Sydney for uh, a creative space. Mm-hmm. Applied for that. It's not open yet, but we got it, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we got a physical spot now. And, um, you know, hopefully it'll be open pretty, you know, the first few months of this year. So We Are Warriors has a physical space for the city of Sydney. Not too far from the Redfern. You yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. Not too far from it. And, like, just straight up the road from the powerhouse, yeah. right? We we shot a documentary back last year that we've been sitting on for a while, looking for a way to release it. And, you know, as we we're in our new building, just kind of just chilling, looking at the powerhouse, why not? Yep. Let's uh, let's ask him. So that we're, inquisitive little kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we 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 fought, you know, powerhouse, black power. Ooh, yes, yeah, sounds mad, eh? Black power, black powerhouse. Puss, let's do it. I don't know if they'll take it or not. Anyways, we went down, had the yarn, met up with Emily McDaniel, who runs like the you know indigenous side of things down there. And we said, hey sis, we got this. We're thinking this. What do you reckon? Uh, it's because we had these conversations last year, right? She goes, oh, like, you know, I'd like to get behind this 100%. How's March next year? And I said, oh, sis, has to be January 25. Originally, it was the night before. Mm. So, like, you know, my, my thing, my thinking was, like, uh, you know, we are warriors. Like, the acronym is, like, war when you yeah. say it out loud. So, like, for me, it was, like, the night before the war, the night before mm. the battle, the night mm. before January 26. And then we just, you know, we decided just, let's just do it on the 26th. It's like our one-year birthday. It's mm-hmm. a big, big thing. And, um, yeah, they, they got behind it. They took it. I was a bit shocked. I was like, fuck, right. they're doing it. They're letting us do it. So, yeah, we kind of taken over the, the whole building. Yeah. So what are you running there? You got panels? You got, yeah. we got to do the screening of your doco. Yeah, screening of the doco, um, which is called Through the Fire. And it's kind of... It's the story of We Are Warriors, but roughly follows like the story of like our dream and story back home of the the Black Cockatoo, mm-hmm. which is a you know the story of that one goes is, you know, a white cockatoo flies through fire, 
you know, gets burnt, deals with a bunch of shit inside the fire, and you know, you can you can let that shit consume you. You can lay down and die, or you can say, "Fuck this, I'm gonna keep going." Mm-hmm. And come out the other side. So that white cockatoo kept flying, came out the other side. Um, you know, different. Like he was black, he was burnt, mm-hmm. charred, scarred. You know, had to kind of dig deep in there, learn a lot of lessons about himself and and the world. Came out different. Like he carries those lessons with him today. You know what I mean? So it's like a story of, you know, kind of hope and not giving up and coming through on the other side. And what he'd done when he got out was like he sang the rain to put the fire out. So it's about making change as well, you know, like mm. putting the fire out. So we follow that story and, you know, kind of depict We Are Warriors by following that. And the reason why we've done that is, you know, I went through a pretty pretty dark time, pretty rough rough time. Like there's a few few moments you would have seen there, Uncle Arch. But went and done a little little detox and that. That's all I needed. Like, I was on my way to rehab. Circuit circuit breaker. Yeah, I was. You know, before you go to rehab, you got to go do your, your two week cleanse. Yeah, yeah. That was enough for me. That's all I needed. <laughs> I just needed the two weeks. Get back in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that two weeks while I'm sitting in the little, you know, the like, little drug and alcohol center um, over Concord. It's like it's the drug and alcohol and the mental health thing put in the one. Like yeah. it's pretty. At all the joints, there's some real nice joints you can go. This one was. It was a hectic one, but it, fuck, it was good. It helped. It was yep. what I needed. Mm-hmm. I went in there, and like discussions about we are warriors were in place before I went in. And then, like, I was working with uh, RGA, which is like a big branding, marketing, design sort mm-hmm. of agency, like some top-notch guys. In Blackfellow, I went missing on. I went missing because yep. I was in there for two weeks, right? right. So they're like, "Fuck, let this lad go." And um, but so while I'm in there doing the detox. All I worked on was like, we are warriors. So like, that was me going through the fire. We are warriors is what came out on the other side. But they got the full experience, man. Like, yep. pro- I walked out of re- like the rehab, still my shit in the garbage bag. I'm ringing them, so I'm coming in. I rocked up at their office for a meeting, garbage bag, clothes and shit in it, <laughs> dropping on the floor. All right, where we at? <laughs> yeah. The black cockatoo. Yeah, so that's how it all kind of kicked off. So we, you know, we're premiere and that little doco there um which is kind of just like a half music video like hybrid sort of thing yeah. got a bunch of music from you know the regular culprits barker kobe d so you got different rooms different spaces Dif- in the whole thing yeah different rooms and what is it evening to all day uh from five to nine a night yeah oh, yeah so you know in the ideal world if you want to plan your day you go to march in the morning go kick back at yard for a bit come to our thing then go to the after party boom yeah yeah, yeah. but um yeah taking over jagged edge yeah yeah that's it <laughs> 112 and that fucking randy travis <laughs> bone thugs yeah randy travis and bone thugs <laughs> that's it man i um fuck, what was my spotify rap that time i had a mad one it was like benny johnson hit me up when i posted it he goes that's the most South Coast thing I've ever fucking seen. My top two was um, 50 Cent and Randy Travis. <laughs> you know, you get the top, the top two, 50 Cent Randy Travis. Oh, and you're, you're, your yearly rap yeah. is 50 Cent Randy Travis. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, taking over the, the whole thing, there's the music side of things. And then um, we've got Luke Curry Richardson doing like, like a photography exhibition, Coffin Birth, that mad illustrator done some mm. work for us. Yep. It's like, hectic like i hit her up i said black power sis that's the brief so if you want to do a picture of the endeavor on fire fucking go hard <laughs> go hard and um you know something along those lines yeah. too um so there's that we've got like a main 
cinema area for the viewing and there's also there's a thing in there called king's it's, it's like a, a small cinema right so i walked in the king's the other day doing the, the site wreck and all that look big professional now bros yep. doing the site recce <laughs> uh going to see king's right and it's like a like a small intimate theater and i walk in there and as i walk in i kind of reflect back on the story my nan told me and this was a pretty funny moment for me like my pop He's English as well, mm-hmm. right? Me pop, he's from England. My nan's, you know, black fella from down the coast. And I asked me pop one time, I said, fucking hell, because he, oh, he, all his mates were black too. I said, how'd you, how'd you end up with the black fellas? He goes, oh, they fucking didn't like me either because I was a pom. <laughs> I, um, so, yeah, him and Nan have been together for, for a long time, so they can have little playful jabs and that, you know what I mean? So, you know, like the oldies, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. recollect their days and stuff, telling yeah, yeah, yarns. So they're sitting there talking about the movies one time and and Nan made like a little joke, like, oh, fucking, you had, you had seats, yeah, right? You had seats. I was like, what do you mean, Nan? You had seats. And she goes, oh, back you know, these uh, movies back home here, back in the day, like all the white kids, like the, you know, the tiered seats and shit, they mm. had seats. She goes, me and my brothers and sisters, when we'd go there, they had a roped off section at the front, just underneath the screen where we'd have to stand and kind of look up. So like, they, you know, they're there watching a the movie with their head up like this all yeah. the time. So they, you know, have a sore neck after the movies. So I'm, I'm in there, like in this little, the king's part, and then you know my head just goes back to nan telling me that story so i was like all right we're gonna we're gonna do a roped off section in here kind of acknowledging that and my nan's coming from now so I'm, you know we're gonna do the roped off section but i'll make sure my nan's got the fucking best seat in the house yeah, now yeah right yeah oh that's great yeah She's coming on up yeah yeah oh so it sounds like you're pretty busy this next week mate yeah 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 pretty <laughs> pretty busy <laughs> well we'll try to get down there everyone listening should get down there for the um, Warriors and the Kings and the Black Cockatoos down there at the Black Powerhouse. Yeah. And um, we didn't even have time today to get into your media career. You can host the Triple J Hip Hop Show now. Yeah, yeah, on their blackout every Sunday, 5 to 6, 6 p.m., so float. You're float. hosting the Cyphers too? Um, yeah, they tap me in every now and yeah, then. Yeah, I do right, the, right. Do the bars of steel. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of – that was a mad one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All over the joint now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us, Nook. All the best. Put a fair bit going on. Yeah, no, he- hectic, hectic. Thanks, thanks for having me, eh? Thank you.